what's going on everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast i'm les and i'm mo and this is the les and mo show What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode eight. We hope you're ready for this twisted deep dive into these conspiracies that we're going to go into because today's episode is absolutely crazy. So we will be talking about the history of two different groups and one specific person. And we'll also be talking about some tragic recent events that have happened. And this all plays into what we're talking about, which is satanism and the illuminati in the entertainment industry hollywood yes it is gonna be quite a wild one today so to help us talk about this a little bit we do have a special guest our first guest and uh his name is jeremiah dorf and he has a podcast and the name of his podcast is what if they're wrong and uh jeremiah just you know feel free to introduce yourself um, just talk about your podcast. So, yes. Hello, my name is Jeremiah, and I run the "What If They're Wrong" podcast. I'm the host, and I have a co-host sometimes, but uh, it's mostly just me. I do some solo shows, and I do interviews as well. I've been shifting more towards interviews because I like the feedback between different minds. But yeah, my show covers. I don't call it really a conspiracy show anymore because I think it's a loaded term. I call it a fringe show. So I talk about <laughs> like aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts, um, all kinds of different topics. So it's not just like conspiracy stuff because a lot of people have preconceived notions of conspiracy shows. And I try to stay away from the political aspects because yes. I know that gets dicey and different people have different political views so my show is very non-political and i try to keep it that way and just present you know different weird conspiracies that have been going on over time and i even delve into the ancient past and stuff that happened like before our known history and stuff like that so encompasses everything that's awesome i mean that sounds like a lot of interesting stuff a lot of what we like to talk about too which is always great Thank you so much, Jeremiah, for telling us and the audience about your podcast. We definitely want to spread awareness to other podcasts, and we're really glad that we could do this collaboration with you today. So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. And just so we're all on the same page even more, we're going to kind of talk about the background of Satanism, the background of the Illuminati, and finally the background of Aleister Crowley because we are going to be diving into those three pretty hard with all of this because they seem to have a lot to do with the dark side of the music and film industries. So we'll just tell you a little bit about all of those just so we all know Mm -hmm. what's going on and where it came from. So I'll start off with uh, Satanism and it's honestly pretty simple. I feel like a lot of people probably know about what it is, but It's basically just an ideology and philosophy based on Satan. And it honestly wasn't a religion until 1966. I mean, there are um, historical, you know, um, 
basically historical people in the past have believed in a similar religion but it wasn't official until 1966 and it was actually Anton LaVey um someone who was born in Chicago oh gosh (laughs) we're in such a company (laughs) yeah he was the founder of the Church of Satan and and the religion of Satanism so he was the official founder and um he actually ended up dying in 97 and he was also seen around a lot in Hollywood, at a lot of Hollywood parties. He was seen with a lot of celebrities. So this guy was around in LA, hanging around a lot of stars. So that's that's honestly the basic breakdown of Satanism. There's not much to it. Yeah. But with the Illuminati, there is quite a bit of information yeah. to them. They were started on my birthday, actually, in 1776. So surprise, guys, I'm part of the Illuminati. Just kidding. Um, if I was, I would totally induct you guys with me because you guys are yeah, like-minded right? individuals. So that would be no problem. But basically, it started in 1776 in Bavaria, Germany, by this guy named Adam White Weishaupt. And he was 28. But his thing was he wouldn't let anybody over the age of 30 join his secret society because he didn't think that people over 30 would have the right frame of mind to be a part of his group. So at first they called themselves the Order of the Perfectibilists, and then they changed their name to the Order of the Illuminati not too long after that. Um, if you... Um, if you translate Illuminati from German to English, it's basically the order of the enlightened. So the Illuminati, you know, they use a lot of symbols that we still see today when we're talking about conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Taco Bell even actually like makes jokes about and puts these symbols in their commercials. Like this is how much of a grip they still have on society to this day. But Taco Bell. Yeah. (laughs) You've seen, I'm sure you've seen, you know, they're all seeing eye. It's like a circle with a dot Mm -hmm. in the middle. And you've seen the the pyramids. You've seen the owls depicted when talking about them. But the major significance for them founding it on May 1st is it's actually the beginning of a fertility festival. Um, And it's called, um, it's like a pagan festival in the pagan religion. And it's closely related to like, witchcraft and evil spirits so they're already starting out hot you know but their initial goal was to kind of try to make men free and happy but the first thing that they wanted to do was get people who were worthy and good of their society so they wanted to have this whole worldwide revolution and to they wanted to unite everybody into one republic and that had them creating this new world order So this revolution that they wanted to start would pretty much dismantle all religions. It would dismantle all governments. They basically wanted everybody to embrace each other as equals and stop being held back by like morals and laws. So eventually it was believed that they had 450 confirmed members, but speculation puts them as um, up to as many as 2000 members in this group. And Their members consisted of some pretty heavy hitters. They had lawyers, they had doctors, they had writers. These were all pretty famous people for the time as well. And they even had people who were royalty. So they clearly had a grip on the influencers of the time. But they also kind of spread out as well. They were in Germany, Russia, Italy. They were in Poland. They were everywhere. And it's said that they had 
a lot to do with some major historical events. So there was this king eventually who would just completely outlaw secret societies. And that's when the Illuminati, quote unquote, came to an end. But with (laughs) everything that goes on nowadays, it's kind of safe to speculate that it really didn't end where they say it did. So it, it wasn't it wasn't a secret back in the day. No, it it that. wasn't. They were out. They were yeah. loud about it. They just, you know, they wanted this to happen. And I mean, it, it was secretive to a degree because he wanted to keep it that way. Yeah. But at the same time, it, he was recruiting members actively and they were involved in things. So how secretive was it? Yeah. And kind of like how you said how it's about um, being free. Yeah. Like, Satanism is kind of like the same thing as um, they want. It's about enjoying the physical existence and just being just being you. So, Jeremiah, what do you think about Satanism and the Illuminati so far? Um, They definitely have a grip on our entertainment. Uh, That's music, TV, movies. And probably other things as well, maybe major sports. Uh, I did an episode about uh, NFL being rigged, and who knows, they might have their hand in that. So, oh no, man, not Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, if you want to go ahead and start talking about Aleister Crawley, I think what we just said right there was a good transition, so we can go straight into that too now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so there's this character named Aleister Crowley, and um, his real name's Edward, but he changed it um, once he started heading down like a dark path. And his parents were like super religious and a super strict religious sect that, you know, everything had to be by the book, and they were very controlling of that aspect. And he was not really in that same mindset. And it seemed like when his father passed away, he really started going down a dark path. And when he was a young kid, there is a account of him torturing and killing a cat. And, you know, if you do animal mutilation and stuff like that, it's usually linked to like serial killers and stuff. So, he definitely started off young doing bad things. And as he grew older, he started his own like religious sect where it was his motto was do as thou wilt. And basically yeah. his whole thing was do whatever you want to do. It's your life to live and you have nothing to answer to. There's no higher power to hold you accountable. Just do what you want to do, have fun and and that was his mindset. And he had weird, I don't know if you call him evil, but he was very into like sex magic. And he did poems, really weird poems. Like he did a poem about this lady that he was seeing, I guess, and talking about how she would fart and he would smell it and he enjoyed <laughs> smelling it. And he was just a weird guy. and. I think he got in trouble from different things because he had like a compound is what I heard and it was kind of like a commune and he did his whole like, you know, uh, do as thou wilt type thing. And supposedly he got kind of like 
in trouble because people thought he was doing human sacrifices and animal sacrifices. And I mean, he might've been, I wasn't there, but uh, that was kind of the thing. So a lot of the artists of the music industry really follow this Alistair Crowley guy. Um, a, one of the biggest names, Ozzy Osbourne, has a whole song called Mr. Crowley, and it's like uh-huh. a homage to the this character that lived in the 1800s, and just a, everything that he was about was like evil. And he said that he wanted to bring Satan onto the earth, and he wanted to be Satan's right, right hand man, and just a lot of evil stuff and he was open about his black magic rituals and sex magic and all that stuff so definitely a an, a strange character but seems to have a lot of influence for some of the superstars that are out there it's funny because be- you have jay-z jay-z has a shirt um you can find it online it says do as thou wilt and obviously that's an alistair crowley saying so you know, obviously, there's musicians following him. Uh, Jay Z, Ozzy Osbourne, Jimmy Page was one, and a bunch of other ones. I have a list upon list of artists that talk about this Alistair Crowley character. And it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a cult, right? It was just his his ideology that's basically that st- stuck with people. Yeah, it was just him. Yeah, it seemed mostly like he was just doing his thing and being like weird and demonic for my opinion. Wow. And people just followed along and, you know, I guess after his passing, these artists like look back at his works and kind of glorify him. And I don't understand why, (laughs) but I wonder if it has to do with the Illuminati having control of the industry. And I know they have their own, type of rituals and contracts and stuff like that so it makes me wonder if they're like kind of forced to follow this so i don't know wow it's crazy though he it's funny that you even brought up the ozzy osbourne song because i didn't even think about that going into this and that was one of my favorite ozzy osbourne songs and now i'm like second guessing everything like (laughs) i'm really thinking it's a good song it's a good song but once you realize who it's about, it's like, oh, okay. I'm surprised he didn't put a line in there about the fart sniffing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really got to pay attention to what you're listening to, I guess, nowadays. Yeah. You know, I, growing up, I really didn't care. I mean, if the yeah, beat if was catchy, good, the lyrics were catchy, I was listening to it. and Singing it and <laughs> believing yeah. in all of its power. Like, oh, it's terrible. But... Let's go ahead and start diving into the film industry itself and see how movies depict the occult and the devil. Like in movies, you know, like Jennifer's Body, you see a teen girl getting sacrificed by a boy band so they can become famous. But that trend kind of seems to like work its way into reality and not just being something from a movie. You see all types of movies like Stigmata, you see... Um, the Conjuring series, movies like Seven, all of it being represented or representing, I should say, the occult and the darker side of religion, you know? So I don't know. It just, to me, is crazy because it makes you wonder if they're doing this so that they can 
desensitize the general population and kind of use that desensitization to keep people more calm in crazy situations that are going on in, in the world. Like, I don't know, like political assassinations and stuff. If you're seeing movies on movies on movies on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon where a president's getting killed, how desensitized are you going to be when it actually happens? You know, I feel like for me, they put this stuff in the movies so that we're just more aloof to it when it's really going on right in front of us. Absolutely. I mean, I personally believe that TVs in general, well, you know, now it's a whole different thing, but you know, TVs in general is basically um, magic, like a, a sort of black magic. Like, you know, the word channel, the term channel, you know, that's basically like what we, what was used back in the day to channel a spell on someone. You like know, channel energies. Ch- and yeah, channel uh, they're they're spirits. basically they're, yeah. they are desensitizing. I mean, they're they're telling you what they want you to be. Right. Basically, yeah. when you're seeing these movies and. Uh, all these alien movies where they want you to get used to aliens because when an alien invasion happens, you know, you'll be kind of used to it and whatnot and you'll know how to react to it. Yeah. Or when they come out like the um, what was it? The Pentagon or whatever was going to release all those files. Oh, the aliens. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh, here, let's give them a ton of movies to watch about aliens and UFOs and coming to Earth. And then maybe they won't freak out so much about it because there's a, there's a good alien movies as many as there are the bad. Yeah. So. But I truly. Yeah, I, I, I do 100 percent belief that tv channels and all the all the films that they make they're made to influence like the way that people think and basically put a spell on you i mean look at these kids nowadays they're glued to their screens yeah I and mean, they do the stuff that they see on tv more than we did for sure yeah. like or what other people are doing especially some of the cartoons you see back you know back in the day as a kid like spongebob was a messed up show <laughs> you know like i can't believe that stuff yeah, you have, um, like, your, like, the smartphones, they're, they're great, but at the same time, it's like, when you're looking at them, you're, like, oblivious to what's around you. It's like you get sucked into that virtual space, mm-hmm. and you always see people, like, when you're out and about, like, they're just buried in their phone, and also, you, I've seen, like, multiple videos just to, I, I don't like laughing at people's a misfortune but like you see those videos where someone's texting and they fall into a hole or they i was just thinking that because they're just in another world and the phone like sucks you into another world because i'm i'm uh you know i'm not exempt from that i i find times where i'm overly obsessed with my phone (laughs) and i get addicted to it because i'm used to checking messages and you know, likes and stuff like that. So it becomes an addiction for sure. It's because everything's so instant, you know, like you want to talk to somebody, all you have to do is shoot them a text instead of calling them. And then they reply pretty quickly. You know, it's all instant gratification. And uh, it's, it's crazy to me that people are so preoccupied with these things. And again, we're not exempt from it either. I mean, it, it, everybody is involved in this stuff, but it really just shows you how controlled we can be just by things like that. And especially like this whole new metaverse 
thing, like you said, Jeremiah, where people are just walking down the street and they're falling into a hole or they're getting unfortunately hit by a car because they're not paying attention. What if they're like in this metaverse and they're actually like walking around in a park, you know, and then they they can't see what's going on around them and something happens, you know, it's just it's all really crazy yeah. and scary. I mean, you know, when you really break it down and look into who really controls almost like all of the media, I mean, it comes down to like two or three companies. Like Disney is the biggest one that I can think of. I mean, Mm -hmm. they own almost everything. And look at how much they control kids and that whole um, group target audience, you know. It's crazy. It it determines what they buy. Yeah. And then also the music industry is the same way. There's three major labels that own probably nearly 60% now of the whole industry. So you only have 40% or less um, that are just independents or doing their own thing or small studios, but three major ones that run the whole, the whole gamut. So whatever they want to push out is what they're going to push out. Same thing with movies and TV and stuff like that. If you notice, you know, some of the stuff on TV now would never fly back when I was a kid. Like some yeah. of the stuff that they show would, you know, it would blow your mind if you went back in time. And because <laughs> I'm like 40 years old, so I've I've been around since before the internet was even around. And like it's just wild how things progress and <laughs> that, yeah. like the desensitizing, like you said, is definitely prevalent. Yeah. I was just thinking about that actually last night because we've been rewatching Game of Thrones and I couldn't help but think like they would never have gotten away with showing this stuff back in the day. Mm -hmm. There's no way in hell some lady would be with her boobies out on the ground spread out like that would never, ever fly back in the day like you just said. And it's crazy that now all you have to do is get a subscription to a streaming service and then you can see all of that whenever you want like even kids yeah. it wouldn't be hard for them to get on there and watch hbo because their parents have it or whatnot so yeah it, it's crazy to me to see what kind of stuff is on tv i mean don't get me wrong i love game of thrones and i'm gonna watch it but it's still like just kind of gives me the willies to know that like this is what's on tv and anybody can access this yeah i kind of want to talk about really quickly with um the there was an interview with Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams where you know Dave Chappelle first talked about it and he was like he was doing a movie and they asked him to dress like um dress as a woman yeah. and he was like man why are these guys always asking you know us black actors or comedians to dress like a woman and you know he ended up saying no I'm not going to do it and they they begged him to do it like you know they begged him to do it. He wouldn't do it. And then Cat Williams was the same thing. They asked him to do it. And he said the same thing. And then when it came to Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart did an interview. Um, and in this interview, he stated that, you know, I have a standard and there's something like that. Like He's I was protecting his brand. Yeah, he was protecting his brand. Uh, you know, that's just not what I do. And then on Saturday Night Live, he was dressed as a woman. I don't remember the full skit, but he was wearing a dress for like the... The whole skit and he was, you know, acting like a woman and it was just... It was a nine-year-old girl, too, that had become the Pope 
or whatever. Yes, and so he yeah. was dressed like a nine-year-old girl in a dress becoming yeah. the Pope. And how did this guy go from completely like saying that that's not me, that's not what I do, to completely like switching and just falling in that, you know. That pattern. That line, yeah. and, but it's like Cat Williams said in that interview, he was like, look, like the Illuminati will offer you all types of things to like sell your soul to become famous and to be out there and he did the skit and then boom you know he blows up he's everywhere now even yeah. mo and i last night were talking about kevin hart like wow he's been around for a while yeah. like it doesn't seem like it's been that long but he has been and he kind of like blew up and had that claim to fame after that snl skit so and dave Chappelle kind of just went to the background because he didn't do what they wanted him to yeah then like well, i think yeah. i think dave Chappelle. Um, remember he had that mental breakdown and went to Africa or whatever. Yep. Yes. Like, I fully believe that he was offered that type of deal or contract with the Illuminati, and he did not want to do it. And the only way to like escape in his mind, I guess, was to flee the country to Africa or whatever. That's what I really think happened. And that. then, obviously, there's theories that. The new Dave Chappelle that we're seeing in these new uh, specials and stuff, that that's not actually Dave Chappelle. It's like a clone or something, oh, or an wow. android or something. Because I've heard I've heard about that. I haven't really looked into it, so I can't say you know if that's true or not. But I mean, it's definitely a possibility if they got a hold of him and were able to clone his likeness and. Now he's back with the stand-ups and being famous again. I don't know, but um, I definitely think they offered him or told him if he didn't do it, they were going to do something, and he just like was like, I'm out. I'm out of here, and that's what I think. And then the dress thing that you were talking about, I used to listen to a conspiracy guy, and unfortunately he passed away right when COVID was starting. Um, and... He did a whole bunch of videos about about these actors and that dress up in dresses at some point in their career and usually seems to be right when their career is like starting and then they sort of shoot off from it. And I'd wonder if it's some type of like humiliation ritual that the elites get a kick out of and or they can use it as ammo later. I think a lot of times they have some things on these actors and artists that you know if it saw the day of light it would like ruin them so they kind of have to follow along and play along and there's definitely something going on from what i've i've witnessed i like that you think it's an initiate initiation process because the illuminati was full of creepy weird just evil initiation processes like they did so many weird things it would not surprise me if that was 100 percent accurate well, at all it's blackmail right i mean yeah and it's humiliation I, too like, there's a whole nother thing about i mean this is a whole different topic but there's also what it's associated with the illuminati there's like you know uh bohemian grove where they talk about all the elitists going to this party yeah. and then you know after this party there's dirt on all these elite people yeah. And then from them having this, basically this material on them, they're able to control what they do and say. Well, and imagine if you were like a up and coming star or whatever, and you're just waiting for that big break and someone of power comes to you and they're like, hey, 
you know, you just do this one thing for us. It's going to be embarrassing, but you just do it for us and we'll make all your wildest dreams come true. That's temptation. That's the purest like form of like evil, like in the Bible, they use temptation to like sway people. And I'm not saying like, I believe any of that. I'm just saying that's what in a biblical standpoint, that's what they use is temptation. So it all kind of goes back to these, I mean, Crowley to the Illuminati to Satanism, it all kind of ties back to those. So it's hard to believe that this isn't, that they aren't really in control of some of this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think uh, I want to jump into some of the, the uh, deals with the devil that Jeremiah had for us. I want to hear about these. So Jeremiah, I want to start talking about those. I'm super interested about this. <laughs> um, so I focus mostly on music as of now. I plan to dive into the Hollywood and movies and TV later. But for right now, I really am loving. Well, loving is probably the bad term, but I'm really enjoying researching into these music artists and their contracts and saying a lot of artists say that they sold their soul to the devil and you have i think it went way back um the founder of rock and roll robert johnson he i think is one of the first that people have found that said he sold his soul to the devil and basically he said that or people that knew him said he went down to georgia he had played with some people and they said he was awful at guitar and he just made a racket all the time and people were not happy because of his racket and him not being able to play very well. And so he took a trip down to the crossroads in Georgia and they said, I forget how much time elapsed, but it wasn't a lot of time, not enough time to become like a master or anything. And he, they said when he came back, to record and play with them he was like a whole new person and was able to shred the guitar and he like instead of a racket like normal he was you know very proficient with guitar and the people that were with him were like i don't know how he turned around like that fast and he even has songs about meeting the devil in his hotel room down there and stuff like that and then you have you know, like I said, uh, Ozzy Osbourne with the Mr. Crowley thing. And then you have um, Michael Jackson was what really got me into it. So if you don't mind, I can go into that a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. So Michael Jackson, I've always liked his music. I know there's controversy around him with the children and all. So I'm not defending Michael Jackson or saying that he's like, you know, pure or anything like that but his death did not sit right with me so i started looking into it and i started realizing and finding out that i didn't buy what was being presented to us of him just overdosing on his medication or whatever so what i found was right before uh his death or like shortly before his death he was on stage in different places when he was performing and i think one was in london where he really went out on stage and said like hey i'm gonna be leaving sony which he was signed to sony records he said i'm gonna leave sony records and 
through my dealings, I'm going to leave owning half of Sony. So he was like done with Sony. He called Tony, Tommy Mottola, who was like a CEO at the time. I don't think he is anymore, but he told the fans that his CEO was the devil. He blatantly said that. And he said that Sony doesn't like him because he is going to be leaving them and he outsmarted them and left with half of the company or half of their earnings. So I think that they had Michael Jackson killed because they can't give up that type of power and that type of money because you know half of their sales is a huge deal for a big company like that and also he um he has his like sister latoya who's come out on interviews and stuff and said yeah my brother was murdered and uh, we don't and then i heard that his dad had rented a moving truck like shortly before his death um to gather up all his things so how would his dad have known he was going to die and it's just a lot of stuff around his death just didn't sit right with me so then i went down the rabbit hole and started looking at all these other artists and i was like dang there's definitely a pattern here and there's definitely a ton of artists who say they have sold their soul and another big one was Katy Perry. Katy Perry, um, you know, she's a super mega star now and does that um, singing show, American American Idol. Idol, And Katy Perry was in an interview, and these are interviews you can find online. They're not like secrets or anything. She said, like, I wanted to be a gospel singer like Amy Grant, and I couldn't do it so i sold my soul to the devil that's their exact words and so you see how her career so when her career started what was the first hit song that she came out with it was i kissed a girl and it was all about kissing girls and lesbian stuff and uh that was the agenda that they were pushing at the time and i have no nothing wrong or nothing yeah against people that live that lifestyle but in the early days when this song came out, there was a huge push for, you know, LGBT rights and all this stuff. And it's all, in my opinion, all linked up that, you know, she says she sold her soul because she couldn't do gospel music. And what's the first song that she comes out with is I kissed a girl and now she's a super mega star. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, is it a coincidence I don't think so, but <laughs> it goes back um, into influencing the general population, you know, having that control over what people are doing and seeing and saying and feeling and they they can do that through the music. I mean, that probably gave the LGBT LGBTQ community a lot of like hype, you know, because it's just for girls like for me at my the age I was when that song came out, I'm like, oh, well, that's just something, you know, girls do at bars when they're drunk or whatever, whatever. But when you do think about it from this aspect, yeah, it's all very, like, suspect for sure. I mean, you don't realize it at all. And then I think she had another song called, like, Dark Horse. Dark Horse. That, and... one, that one looked evil, the whole music video. <laughs> yeah. She had a lot. Yeah, but... a lot. 
a lot of the music videos have a lot of satanic symbolism, a lot of um, dark energy type feel to them. And then another big artist would be like Kanye West had his whole thing where he was, you know, saying he was God, I guess, and Jesus and had he turned himself into Jesus and he yeah. had the Rolling Stones cover with the crown of thorns on and just trying to say like, he's a God and stuff like that. And mocking Christianity from Christianity people's viewpoint. Um, I'm not a Christian, so to speak. So I'm just speaking for, as an outsider. Um, but, uh, yeah, he Jay-Z. definitely did that whole persona, and then he had the upside down cross, which is known to be a satanic symbol, and just tons of different um, aspects. And then, of course, you have Jay Z. Jay Z's like the king of rap, I guess a lot of people would say, and you know his success is leaps and bounds beyond any rapper that I've known in my life. So yeah. I think he owns one of the basketball teams. So. Um, <laughs> You have Jay Z and Jay Z, I think, is you know upper echelon Illuminati. I think he has some insider knowledge and has worked his way up the ranks. And he dragged um, Beyonce along, I believe, because you have that song where Beyonce switched from Destiny's Child, I think she was on Destiny's Child, and went to. Um, be Beyonce the solo and that song was crazy in love and you can see the imagery in the music video of her burning up in a car and then she steps out as this alter ego Sasha Fierce and now she's you know Beyonce and all that so yeah and it's funny because Jay-Z goes by Hove and that's short for Jehovah which is like another word for Jesus or mm-hmm. king or whatever you believe in, you know, like that yeah. is I another mean, creepy fact in this. The name of his record label is Rockefeller too. So, I mean, that just goes with, you know, the Rockefeller family, which is one of the most prominent, richest fam, one of the richest families ever. So. And if there's going to be a family that's involved in any of these, it's going to be the, that family, you know, and the Waltons and families like that. So with uh, really quickly though, I want to go back to Michael Jackson really quickly because there's a cool theory about him. So you're kind of you don't believe that he was um, he was cloned or if he's still alive, like because you know how there's a theory about him like still yeah. being around and like people have seen videos of him. Um, so you're ruling that out. You don't think he's alive or if there's a clone of him at all. Um, no, I personally think they just had him killed, and um, I don't think we'll see him again. I think. They, they just wanted him gone because he was about to leave Sony and owning half of them, and he was about to start his own music label, from what I've heard, and he was about to start doing tours in Asia and Asia, um, Asian countries love Michael Jackson, and <laughs> he was about to make buku dollars over there. So, I think they just couldn't have that. <laughs> I think it's part of the contract is is like, yeah, you're stuck with this label deal because there's plenty of artists uh we can get into the 27 club uh, yeah. if you want later but yeah uh, definitely there's definitely something going on with these contracts and a lot of uh talk about um 
you know, sacrificing family members or friends in order to become famous and be a superstar. So that's seems to be another aspect of the whole music industry. Yeah, there was actually just uh, there was a guy after Michael Jackson passed away. There was a guy you might have heard of that. There was a guy by the name of Dave Dave who came out after Michael Jackson passed away and he claimed to be a friend of Michael Jackson when he when he was a kid. So Dave Dave um he he had some really bad burns. He you know, he was in an accident and got burned and I think Michael Jackson the also Pepsi commercial. Yeah. He had an yeah, he had an accident where he got burned. So he, you know, Michael Jackson visited Dave Dave when he was a kid and basically, you know, kind of helped him out get over the situation. But nobody knew of Dave Dave when he was a kid. He came out when Michael Jackson died. And there's interviews of this guy, and he sounds just like Michael Jackson. Yeah. And his facial features are all messed up, but there's some parts of his face that you can, like, kind of... It looks like a little like bit like Michael eyes Jackson. Like the kind of look like the nose. It kind of has the same structure, if yeah. you will, as the latter Michael Jackson, not the early yeah. Michael Jackson. So that was... It was weird that, you know, this guy is coming out right after he dies, and now he's doing all these interviews about Michael Jackson. Like, where were you before, right? And now you're out here talking about him after he dies. So a that lot was, of people speculate that it's Michael Jackson, yeah. you know, that well, it was well, actually he got burnt in that Pepsi commercial, and yeah. then they made the switch, and now Michael Jackson is living as Dave Dave. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder... Like I said, I'm not here to defend Michael Jackson or anything, but I wonder if he was actually completely innocent with the whole child scandal that maybe it was just a humiliation ritual for him. Yeah. And wow. Cause I feel like he, cause he was like abused by his father as a kid. So he never really had like a childhood. So I wonder if having the kids over and stuff was like just him trying to rekindle his childhood yeah. and not in like a sexual deviant nature, but just in like, I, I, I didn't get a childhood, so I'm trying to live, you know, a childhood because I never had one. Yeah. And they just used the whole, like, molestation Damn. thing as, like, a token against him. That's just a theory that I have, so. I, like I did that. not think yeah, about that. Me either. That's really, that's a good one. Yeah. I think because you're Because if you something. listen to his interviews um, and stuff like that, like, he doesn't really seem like he's that type of person true like true yeah like he had an interview i think with oprah and she asked him if he was a virgin and he wouldn't answer the question he's like that's something that stays behind closed doors it's not something a gentleman talks about so it doesn't really seem like someone who's a pervert or a deviant person i don't know it's just the kids yeah the kids that he was around that were famous that grew up it's not like they run around like macaulay culkin prime example he doesn't go around saying oh my gosh michael you know he was terrible he did this to me he did this to kids he'll say yeah we all slept in michael's bedroom but other kids would say yeah the bedroom was like the whole second floor like so yeah we were all in the same bedroom but when you say bedroom we're talking like the size of normal people's houses. You know what I mean? Like that's a crazy theory, man. Yeah. So I like that. I think I, I always, it didn't step right with me that he was this like pervert who was, you know, molesting children that never sat right with me either. So I think I really never know. Yeah. I mean, we will never know. And that sucks for sure. But yeah, it's all speculation and it's just something I've thought about. And I just, uh, you know, 
I know people are torn on Michael Jackson, but just something to think about. Yeah, I like that alternative option. Yeah, so they're, like I said, I'm not against uh, gay people or lesbians or LGBT or anything like that. If whatever you want to do in your bedrooms, your choice and doesn't bother me at all. But there seems to be talk in the rap game, especially that there are a lot of artists that are secretly on the homosexual side and a lot of them are forced to do sexual acts, even if they're not homosexual in order to make it in the, uh, in the label. Like I think one of them is Suge Knight from death row. Oh, I've heard of no. theories about, yeah, I've heard theories about him and Tupac and other artists that had to do, you know, sexual favors for, their fame and fortune and also puff daddy puff daddy is another one that i hear artists talk about that and this is not me saying it this is me hearing other artists say it that um you know puff daddy kind of swings the other way and that he makes his people under his label do certain things if he likes them like that and they have to do that in order to become famous under his label and all that. So there's definitely, definitely talks about that. I think um, there's a rapper, the game and the the game. uh, I found a interview video of him and he was talking about how, you know, you'd be surprised how many rappers that you love that are secretly, you know, doing the homosexual thing. So, it's definitely out there. Wow. wow. I didn't think about that or consider that. But I mean, honestly, it wouldn't like I, the first thing I thought about when you said that is Michael Jackson and it was interview with Oprah where he wouldn't talk about his virginity and he wouldn't talk about any of that openly. And there's still speculations to whether his children are his children and stuff like that. So I wonder if like maybe they're forced into these situations or maybe they're embarrassed by these situations. It's hazing or initiation, whatever you'll call it. But that to me, that blows my mind, especially like be careful with what you say about Suge Knight though, because we all know he's crazy as hell. Like just be careful (laughs) about that. Wow. If I go missing, someone uh, knows why we know. And we've got the proof. (laughs) Let's uh, let's transition to like Satanism the music industry and now world or no yeah yeah so okay. astro world which was i forget how long ago was it was it in um november yeah. i believe i don't know if you heard about it jeremiah it was basically a festival so Tra- travis scott does this uh festival every year i'm not sure how it's going to be now but uh last year it turned out to be a terrible situation so basically everyone that was attending the show there was a huge crowd surge at one point during the festival um and there was there were eight people that were killed or trampled to death suffocated um and a lot of the concert goers said that it felt like hell there were symbols like fire uh burning doves and uh, upside down what um what's the thing the like portal or whatever oh, the, portal was the portal to hell inverted cross hell. leading to portal to hell yeah yeah and 
these people were basically dropping during this concert because it was so tight and crowded. They were suffocating and then they were getting trampled. Um, so, you know, that, that was one of the latest events that occurred where people were like, oh, that's Satanism. Like, this yeah. guy did it on purpose. He basically... He's harvesting souls. Harvesting you know? souls, yeah. It wasn't It wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't just a concert. It was a sacrifice. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a festival. That might have been his initiation process. Yeah. You know? So um, that's... Well, I heard... Mm-hmm. I heard his flyer had a bunch of, like, yes. um, symbolism on it, too. And the stage itself... Like it was his face with the mouth open, yep. which came, which came off of something else that was like satanic, um, that he had like copied. So, I, like I, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's definitely symbolism there. And then he had a T-shirt on that looked like, I think it was like blue people walking into this doorway. Yes, or yeah, coming out red on the other side. Yeah. All very sketchy. So the poster is a roller coaster going downhill. And it looks like it's a bunch of kids or teenagers just going downhill. Yeah, and I do see the t-shirt. That's crazy. There's other ones too, that one. Yeah, yeah. and then then the it looks like... Pyramid, all-seeing eye. Hands coming out, grabbing. Portals. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty sad. You know, I actually... um I had a family member... um. He, he it was a second cousin that uh, was actually at the festival, and he was one of the eight that ended up passing away at this festival. So this was absolutely crazy. I had no idea, and um, found out over a call. And it was it was a family in Texas, so I mean we're in Chicago, you know. So it was crazy. I mean you don't yeah. think like anything like that. I mean you know it happened, and then out of the eight, it was one of my family members. Like that's yeah. insane. We had heard about it and we're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. And then the next thing you know, Mo gets a call that one of one of the victims was his cousin. And it just, it takes it to a whole new level. You know, you feel for the situation, but when you're kind of connected to it, it just, it's, it's even crazier, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, it just, the whole, that kind of got me looking into it though, is, you know, it's just like. You know, was it a sacrifice? Like, this guy, did? why didn't he stop the concert, you know? It's just what I think of. And you see all these other artists who have concerts and see that their fans are in jeopardy, and they stop the show immediately, and they help them. They pull them out of the crowd, or they get them, I think it was Billie Eilish, who got an inhaler for one of her fans because she was having an asthma attack. Like, so why wouldn't Travis Scott, and if you look at the footage... He, he doesn't really do much about it, you know? He mm-hmm. just keeps performing while all this is happening. There's people telling cameramen, look, there's people dying, and they're not doing anything about it. He, so, he, he was he was making this this weird humming sound as yeah. these people were, like, dropping in the crowd, like, just continuing to, like, basically, Perform. yeah, this continue the sacrifice. It was almost like a ritual, so. Yeah, I heard um, on YouTube, I was watching... Uh, people who had been there and were making videos about it and they said that they played this uh instrumental or this note or something and they said like the note itself just made them feel like terrible like like it was like a demonic force and there's multiple people who said that it was kind of like they were putting everybody in a trance and 
then you have Travis Scott, who I'm sorry, but he's a piece of crap. And mm-hmm. he, he eggs on his fans to do bad stuff too. And he's been known to fight with fans and mm-hmm. he's just not a, not a very good person. And then his, um, quote unquote apology, which was half hearted at best. And yeah. like, I wasn't buying it at all. Mm-hmm. He's just doing what he was supposed to do. Cause yep. if he didn't, he would be in, in trouble. So, and here's the thing, like what's going to come of the whole situation. Like, is he, as far as I know, he hasn't really gotten in trouble for it. He might have to pay some money out, but I mean, I haven't really heard that anything came of him so well and the, he offered like, to pay the funeral costs for the victims families and i'm pretty sure every single one of them turned him down so what have you done you know and that like you said that apology was so half-assed like so fake but it's it's obvious you know he could have done a lot more than he did the crew working the concert could have done a lot more than they did but you know it was it honestly looks like a setup though because like yeah. if you look at the venue the venue was super tight yeah too many people they, there was no exits yes. yeah dude. they were lambs you know just going in you know it's just insane kind of like the poster them just going inside his his mouth and just yeah. him eating Into them this up portal Wow. It's crazy. How many and people? And then um, you had after after the concert was over, like, instead of him mourning or whatever, they, he was at, like, Dave & Buster's or something, partying with Drake or something. And wow. It's like, like, what what are you doing? Like, Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you, you were there and you knew that your fans were dropping and stuff like that and probably did. And, but you're at Dave & Buster's afterwards, like, nothing happened. It's pretty crazy that that's what he was doing after such a horrible thing happened, basically under his watch. You know, like, he, he probably was fulfilling his a part of his deal. Maybe it was a term in his contract that he had to make a sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, and look at look at who he's, um, who his baby mama is. You know, the Kardashian clan like oh that. My gosh. Oh boy, don't even get me started on that group of succubus women. Like, oh no, like anything that they touch turns to rot. So I, I should say any man that they touch turns to rot. So you know, it's just it all. It's all plays witches. in. Yeah, a bunch of succubuses, witches, whatever you want to call them. They're definitely not of this earth. No, they cannot be. I think you had a you had a couple of artists you wanted to talk about. Yeah, Um, I mean he covered a lot of it, like these artists that you know make deals with the devil. There's Bob Dylan as well, who had said he had gone. You know he he was said to not be that great of an artist by people who were close to him before he blew up. He would go to these parties and he would play at these parties, and they were like, eh. He's just average. Like, there's nothing special about him. But then he goes away on this trip for a while, and he comes back, and he is just incredible. Like, where did all of this come from, you know? And he says in interviews, I made a deal with the devil, too. And, you know, Prince... Hey, sorry to cut you off there. Um, you're good. But when you said he made a trip, guess where he made his trip to? Was it the, the crossroads? Georgia. I was going to say it, but I didn't know if that... If I had maybe... <laughs> read like put two and two stories together so what what is that explain it to me please because i what what, go go ahead go ahead jeremiah (laughs) 
So I, I'm sorry, I forget what the roads are, but yeah. there's two roads that intersect at this one point in Georgia and it's like barren, I guess. There's not a lot there. It's kind of like open field or open terrain. And, um, but there's artists like Bob Dylan and Robert Johnson, and I'm sure there's others that I can't think of off the top of my head. And they all head to this place called the crossroads and supposedly everyone that goes there comes back and they're like amazing at guitar or whatever singing or whatever they're um, trying to do so makes you wonder you know what's really going on down there that you know yeah is is are they making deals with the devil down there because i don't really think there's like a music shop down there that people are practicing in, but I've never been there. So I don't know, maybe one day I'll make a trip. I'm not that far away from it. So um, that just made me wonder, you know, the song devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. Like what the hell? I didn't think about that, but is this song based off that whole situation? Like all these situations, holy shit. I mean, it could be um, instead of violins, it was guitar. Is that the one with the fiddle? Yeah, instead of a fiddle, it was a guitar. Oh my yeah. god! So maybe that guy with the fiddle um, went down there and he had he started to do exactly what the song was saying: play with the devil. And oh my god, <laughs> who knows? Well, and we're looking at the crossroads here on Google Maps, and it says that the crossroads is an intersection of u.s route 30 or u.s route 19 with state route 240 and looking on it it looks like it's a tacos el don now at that intersection so (laughs) everyone beware don't go to tacos el don at the intersection because i don't know your soul might be stolen from you you might meet the devil who knows yeah i might have to take a trip there it's not terribly far from me here in north carolina so do it and record it (laughs) Yeah, I just hope I don't run into any characters that want me to be a musician or anything. Yeah, live stream it so we can all see, okay? Do a hidden camera. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And get us some of of those tacos, too. Taco Zeldon. That's crazy. (laughs) I did Um, not know about that, that there was a location talked about like this. Yeah, it's crazy. But the thing that I really wanted to touch on the most um, during my portion here was... So we talked about how there might be artists that are kind of like secretly part of LGBTQ, but what about the artist Lil Nas X, who is not so secretly part of LGBTQ? What he has going on right now really has me shook because he's got, you know, he's got that um, song Monstero or whatever it is, and he's basically giving he he rides a stripper pole down to hell and then he's giving the devil a lap dance and all that cute stuff but all of that you know depicts the occult and satanism and stuff like that but what he really did that freaks me out he came out with a pair of shoes and they are red on the sole of the shoe and you know what is in that guys did you read about this at all no one of you yeah okay it has blood human blood in the paint so in these shoes there's literally human blood in the soles of these shoes oh it's not like a prop or something like no no they sold they there was like 600 of them that came out and they're all sold out obviously but like they put drops of human blood into this red paint mixed it all up and put into the shoes so he 
I think it was through Nike originally, but yes. then Nike like kind of backed off because yeah. they were like, oh, we don't want any parts of this because of the backlash that came from it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Nike Factories is who made the shoes themselves. Yeah. It was it was Nike, and they did pull out of it because they were like, ah, no, we can't be oh my associated with this. Like, we can't go from Colin Kaepernick one day to the devil the next day. <laughs> so we got to figure this out here. But... Yeah, that that really when I read that, I was just beside myself because that has that has just um, the occult written all over it. Like, who are these people that bought these shoes? Why would you buy these shoes? Like, I feel like Mo and I are kind of sneakerheads. We love Nike brand everything shoes shoe wise. But that is like way too much there's I, no way in hell i would ever get those i don't understand it I and mean, whose blood whose blood is that whose blood is that in right. there and how and also um with little nas x that bothers me too is when he first came to like real fame it was that old town road song yes um and everyone was singing it it's a catchy tune and you had a ton of kids that were singing it and loving it and he even went to like um, middle schools and stuff and was doing old town road with these kids and stuff and then what happens the next song is oh. that monstero or whatever so he oh my gosh young children sucked in and then yep. they get hooked on him they're like oh yeah little nas x little nas x the old town road and then the next thing they're all seeing him lap dance satan and stuff like that so oh my gosh yeah. and it's it's crazy it's crazy to me that they even made a freaking kids bop version of old town road because there's some lines that like they can't have kids singing you know what i mean like there's just several things that he says in that song that you just you kids you don't want kids to hear or sing so kids bop made a version of that song and it goes back to all of these artists that we've talked about all of these artists that we have talked about have a kids bop version of their songs so at this point it's very clear you know what's going on there's yes there's another rapper lozy vert he's the one who has a diet who had that diamond Diamond. some sort of stone implanted on his (laughs) head his forehead and he said the reason why he did it was when when he dies that that stone made him some someone powerful in hell (laughs) <laughs> that he would have power over slaves or whatever, and that's the reason why he had that implanted on his head. He looked like the villain from a video game that's, like, at the hardest level that you have to beat <laughs> off, but, like, something comes out of his crystal on his forehead, like a beam of light, and then you always die from it. You could never beat it. <laughs> that's what he reminded me of. Like, that's so stupid. But yeah. yeah, and about musical influence and shaping culture and stuff like that, like, it's... Some people would probably be like, oh, no, it's just music or whatever. But, I mean, just take a look at these rappers today with the face tattoos and stuff. And now how many people have face tattoos and yes. because they want to mimic that that look. And, you know, it just came out of no Well, came out of nowhere, quote unquote. Uh, I think some of these things are are purposely put out for our society. Like, I think the whole Tide Pod Challenge thing was probably put out by uh-huh. some nefarious um, thing. And all these different challenges and stuff that you see, like really think twice about what it is uh, before you start engaging in it because you never know if 
there's a reason why that challenge is super popular now and why people are doing a certain thing because they pretty much can control like YouTube and stuff like that and whatever videos they don't want to put up to for people to view they can just block the um, algorithms and stuff like yeah. that and they can boost videos and just change yeah. the algorithm so if yeah. they want people to see these artists with face tattoos they're going to make sure you see it and stuff like that well so. look at post malone he's everywhere and his face is he's tatted everywhere on his body i mean and he's put out there and look at these kids that copy him and they want his swag and they want you know clout like he has and all that nonsense you know like and what you said about the suppression thing on the YouTube algorithms is so 100% true. Like one of the podcasts that we listened to came out with an episode that um, was talking about like the 27 Club in one episode. And then they talked about Kurt Cobain in another episode. And both of those episodes were suppressed so heavily you had to really dig for them. Like you would have to go to their website, click on that link to even find it. Like they yeah. don't they don't want you didn't they don't want you to hear about certain things which is another way that they control and manipulate us and it's yeah it all just makes me think it's part of the simulation theory but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day (laughs) like yeah i mean that's what i was mentioning to you i was like you know this episode it's gonna get censored a little yeah we were trying to figure out like what um title to give this and yeah. because we didn't want it to just automatically be bumped down notches because of Illuminati or conspiracy Conspiracies. or whatever. Yeah. Like, so we're really trying to figure out a good title. I mean, look for this what one. they're doing to Joe Rogan right now. Yep. Like, yeah. The guy just has people that have experience and it's not even necessarily his view. It's just, he's presenting the information and these doctors that are legit, legit doctors and they're just voicing their opinion on the subject. And now he's getting kicked off of Spotify and, or at least right now, all, all of his episodes that have anything to do with the pandemic is, is gone. Like you can't even find them on there. So, you know, there's definitely, controlling agenda behind like what you can see and view and it's kind of sad because i remember when i started getting into conspiracies conspiracies back in like 2010 uh you could find stuff everywhere like you go on youtube you could find thousands of videos on different conspiracy topics but now all you get is like the first like 10 videos are all debunking videos yes like naysayers because that's just the way they have the algorithm set up. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy the censorship that's going on nowadays. Like, I mean, I might not agree with what, you know, other people are saying, but I don't think that their um their platform should be taken away from them because just because I don't believe it doesn't mean somebody else, you know, doesn't believe it. They they might believe it and they might want to hear that content because it's something that they relate to. So censorship for me is such a like thin line because it's 50 50 you know like either you're getting censored or you're not and information from both sides is not being presented because of it so it just another way of control for sure and narrowing down people's mindsets to fit their narrative yeah and we'll we'll slowly start bringing it to an end here so uh jeremiah i'm gonna let you do 
um, another plug for your podcast. Just let them know where they can find you and how and where. And then um, we'll call it an end here, man. So how can we find you, Jeremiah? All right. So uh, my podcast is What If They're Wrong? And uh, with a question mark, <laughs> even though my sign and stuff doesn't have the question mark, it just didn't look <laughs> right with the, the logo. It didn't look right with the logo to have the question mark in there. So, and I also say it's a rhetorical question. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my podcast is What If They're Wrong? Also, I have a website that I just put up this morning and I plan to do more with it, but I just wanted to get it up there and running. And it's What If Pod. Dot com and you can go there i put some of the videos from my interviews on there and i just have all my podcast stuff up there and i plan on eventually you know branching out on the website for like a merch store and stuff like that um in time but for now yeah you can go to whatifpod.com and then on any podcast platform what if they're wrong? And like I said, it's all different types of topics from the fringe arena. And so I, I do things about near death experiences, Bigfoot, aliens, UFOs, um, you know, Satanism and music. I did an episode on CERN, the super collider. And so I just try to do a mixed bag of, of things. (laughs) Well, we really like your podcast, and we can tell you guys that you will really like his podcast, too. He is, like he said, covers a lot of different topics, and they're all really good. He really dives down into the rabbit hole, and he presents you with um, not just speculation, but facts, and it really makes you think, like... What if they're wrong? What if they're wrong? (laughs) Exactly. I love it. A hundred percent. But... Yeah, I tried to... um... I try to present things in a non-preaching way and a non like pushing it on you way. It's kind of, I present you with what I found and you can decide what you want to believe. Like, do you want to believe the normal story or do you think there's something more to it? And sometimes I'll voice my own opinion, but at the end I'm always like question everything. And that's my motto. Question everything. Don't just take everything at face value. There's, usually something deeper once you peel back that onion oh yeah it's like shrek you know it's like an ogre there's layers you know (laughs) (laughs) but thank you jeremiah so much for being on the show today we really really appreciate it and hopefully we'll have you back one day to do another episode that i think that that would be really awesome to have you in again but Thank you so much, and thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of The Less and Mo Show plus Jeremiah, and we will see you next week, same time, same place. The The Mo Mo You Know, know, The Less less You Fear. fear. So tune in next week right back back here. here.